Good evening, everyone. My name is Pat, Pat Norrington. I am um, on the staff here at uh, the parish of St. Patrick's, and my ministry is uh, in evangelization and um, healing ministry, um, training folks to pray with people after the masses that we're going to be initiating soon. And I'm happy to be here tonight and happy to see all of you. And I will be um, beginning our seminar, as Father Dale explained. Um, before I do, though, there's something that I always do before I start to teach, and I would invite you to join with me in this. If you have a Bible with you, you're going to want to hold up your Bible. If you don't, that's all right, but just repeat after me. And the reason we do this is, or the reason I do this, is that um, the scriptures tell us that the Lord is with us, is in our hearts, and is on our lips. So his word will be on our lips and in our hearts. So we say, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. Tonight I will be taught the word of God. And I boldly confess. My mind is open. My heart is alert. To receive the indestructible. Incorruptible, everlasting word of the Lord. It will touch my heart and it will change me. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. And we say, never, never, never. Amen. All right. Okay. That gets us off to a good start, doesn't it? Okay, so I'm starting with page one. You all have page one in your green folder. And um, the, the seminar, this part of the seminar tonight will be given in two parts. I will give the first part, and Father Dale will, will um, present the conclusion, the second part. Um, the understanding of spiritual gifts is based on what we call the serve model, S-E-R-V-E. And this model gives an understanding of spiritual gifts within a larger context of ministry to a local parish. And the third model is explained as follows. Now you see the, the, the acronym, S-C-R-V-E, S stands for the spiritual gifts as expressions of God's love and care for the world. So the spiritual gifts that he gives us and that we then yield to and practice and bring forth is a sign of his presence with us. It's a sign of his love for us. And it's a sign of what he wants to say to us, how he wants to minister to us, how he wants to love us. The E is to engage the heart for life's passions and abilities. So our heart then is open to the Lord, is engaged in what he says, is, is listening to what he says, um, and that comes into all of our life's passions and the abilities that he gives us, both our natural abilities and our spiritual abilities. R is through relationships centered in Christ. And what that means simply is, and we've heard this before, and we heard it in other seminars that we've done recently, is that Jesus is in the center, if you 
I remember the first time I heard this back in the 70s. People said, draw a circle and tell me what's in the circle of your life. The circle is your life. And what's in the circle of your life? And I remember thinking, I got this. You know, it's my husband, Herb, and it's my son, Michael, and my son, Sean. And they said, no, that's wrong. And I thought, how could that be wrong? You know, that's my vocation as a wife and mother. And they said, no, they put a cross in the center. They said, Jesus should be in the center. And then all of who he is and what he is and what he brings to us flows into our vocation in life, flows into if you're a wife, if you're a mother, if you're a teacher, or whatever it is, whatever the Lord has called you to do. Relationships centered in Christ. So when we all then invite Jesus into our hearts as our personal Lord and Savior and come to know him, not just know about him, not just know all the good things we've learned through our education, through religious ed, through going to Catholic school, but really know him. Really know him. I always liken it to, like, I know a lot about the president. Say, I've read a lot about President Obama. I know about his family, but I've never sat down and talked to him. I don't know him personally. I just know about him. And for many of us, and I know this is where I was prior to 1975, um, I knew a lot about him. But then I met people who talked about him like they really knew him. Like I talk about my husband and my kids. And I thought, how can, how can this happen? And then I, I found out how, just as we're all finding that out through the different presentations we have here at St. Patrick's and through Father Dale and, and his vision and, and his prayer for all of us here at St. Patrick's. So then the relationship centered in Christ would be all of us then who have decided for Jesus, who have decided to, to put him in the center and come to know him, not just know about him, but really move to a, a maturation process that enables us to know who he is to us. Um, and then the V is for vulnerable to the Holy Spirit, to his impressions and his leadings. Vulnerable means you know, to be open, to, be, um, to have a softened heart to him, to even have the, the faith to say to him, what do you want to tell me? What do you want to do? What, what are you saying? To be open and vulnerable. And that's one of the first steps in yielding to all the spiritual gifts we're going to hear about over these next weeks, which are for each and every one of us. They're not a badge of honor for anyone special, because we're all special in his sight. And we're all made in his image and likeness. And so these gifts are for everyone here. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what your darkest secrets are, the Lord already knows them and is already telling us that these are for you. So just hear him saying your name, saying like, Joan, these are for you. Mary, these are for you. Okay, and then E is um, we, we yield to the gifts, we learn about the gifts, we live a life with committed Christians, and bring to it the experiences that shape our life. We all have a lot of experience in life, haven't we? Some have been wonderful experiences. Some have been difficult challenges in our life, but they all shape us and form us in different ways. And that's what a faith community is all about, that we share with one another 
our experiences and what the Lord has done through those experiences and how we have met him perhaps in many different ways through those experiences and bring that to one another and then we grow, don't we? We, we, we grow as community. We grow as, as, as a people of faith. We grow as people with uh, Christ-centered relationships. So, so in part one, we'll be exploring the S, the spiritual gifts, and the V, the being vulnerable to the Holy Spirit and how the, how the Lord will work. Now, when we move over to page two, you'll see up at the top it says, what does the Bible say about ministry? What, th- what does it say about it? As we know, the Bible is the word of God. So that's where we're going to go for our definitions. That's where we're going to go for our guidance and for our insights. In the Greek, dekonos means to serve. So ministry is using whatever God has given you and me to serve him and to serve the needs of others. Ministry is meeting the needs of others out of God's resources, out of those things he's given us in our hearts, out of those things that perhaps we have a passion for. We you know, we don't have perhaps the same depth of passion for everything, but for we all know what those things are that we're attracted to, those things that we really enjoy doing, those things that energize us, you know. And so out of those resources, then, you know, we minister. So we minister in three different directions. So if you fill in these blanks here, we always try to do this, make it easy for everyone to, to take notes because, you know, We forget, but our notes never forget. So that's why we do this. So we minister in the three directions. First, we minister to the Lord. We minister our presence and our praise. The Lord delights in your praises. He delights in the praises of his people, the scripture tells us. So we minister to him as we do the works of Jesus. We do the things that Jesus did. Amen? And as we praise him, we're ministering to him. It makes him happy when we minister to him. We are his children, and it makes him happy when we praise and worship him. We minister to the body of Christ. Now, if you want to look up the scripture, I know we didn't have, we don't have the time tonight to, to go through and have each of you turn, turn to your uh, Bible. But we've put the scriptures here. Or in your own personal reflection or studies, you may turn to, to the Lord. We see Acts 13, 3. Hebrews 6, 10 explains to us how we minister to the body of Christ. We're, you're, we're already doing that, aren't we? Many of you are already involved in different forms of, of ministry. Things that you do here at St. Patrick's. Ways that you help people. Ways that you... Um, provide um, fun for people, ways that um, you provide hospitality for people. All of these different ways are already happening while you pray for people. And so there's going to be more we're going to learn about when we really break through and learn more about the spiritual gifts that perhaps some of you may already have and be operating in, but perhaps maybe you haven't. And, And you're here because you want to hear more about it. Uh, because you want to learn about it and because you want to know, well, how, how does that happen? And what happens up here and in here for me to, to speak that or for me to do that? So that's, those are the kind of practical things 
that we hope that by the end of this, by the end of our four weeks, we all have a much clearer understanding of. We minister to the world, all the world, the world, the world around us. So that means the people here at St. Patrick's. That means the people that live under our roofs. That means our family members. Um, we minister to people in the workplace, where, where we get up and go to work every day. Um, that's our, the world, our world, the world that we touch and, and see and go to each and every day. So those are the three directions. Now, um, we minister in three areas as well, three areas of need. We minister to people's physical needs. When, when people are in pain, when we are in pain, when someone we love dearly is in pain, we want, we want them to feel better, don't we? We want to be, we want to feel better. We want to be rid of pain when, when we're having pain. And so the body of Christ is meant to be there for us. To listen, to listen to us, to have a listening heart, and then to reach out and pray just as Jesus did for those who were sick, for those who needed healing. We see that all through the scriptures, how the Lord healed those who came to him. So we, um, we want to minister to physical needs, and that's one of the reasons why we're, we're going to begin the healing prayer teams. You know, have, we're already scheduled a, um, a seminar on the introduction of healing that's going to be taking place over a weekend here in the hall. And um, we want to form then people who really feel that like they're interested, that they have a passion for this, that, that they really want to pray for people for, for their needs, whether they be physical, emotional, whatever. Um, and that we can start to work on that to get that ready to unveil after, after our masses. Um, I've seen that happen in two other parishes where I've worked with the people, and um, it's such it's such a neat blessing for people. And, and people come from parishes all around the neighborhoods, you know, or the area, because they hear about these prayer teams, and they want prayer. And so they'll, they'll come. They'll come to, to a mass and then ask for prayer afterwards. So um, it's a wonderful gift um, to bring, you know, to St. Patrick's and to all those, whether they're in St. Patrick's or or in other parishes, you know, we're all God's people, and um, and that's a great thing to do. Uh, that's found in Matthew 25, 30, 35, 36, and then, of course, the emotional needs of people. Uh, oftentimes, some of the physical problems are caused by emotional problems. You know, sometimes people have severe headaches and feel tense and and. You know, oftentimes then, so that emotional problem can cause the physical. So we'll be looking at all of that. And then to people's spiritual needs. We all have spiritual needs because this is a holistic ministry. And um, when we're talking about this uh, spiritual gift, and we're talking about healing, we're talking about holistic healing. You know, body, mind for the emotions, and, and the spirit. Okay. Now, what's the purpose then? The purpose of ministry, there are different kinds of service to the Lord, yet it is the same Lord we are serving. The Holy Spirit manifests God's power through each of us in a way to help the entire church. Each person is separate and yet necessary, a necessary part 
of the body of Christ, the church. So we are not complete without one another. We are a body, you know, and it would be just like there. In the scriptures, it'll say, you know, the hand is of no value without the arm. You know, the foot is of no value without the leg. <clears throat> and that's indicative of us. We all need one another and what we can bring to one another and how we can express that and express who we know Jesus Christ to be and what he has done for us through one another. Um, so you might say, well, you know, I'm pretty happy and things are going fine and, you know, I receive the sacraments regularly and, you know, I come to different things. Well, why should I be interested in this? So if you're sitting there wondering, we have the answer to that. Because you have been called, you have been created for ministry. That's why God created us. Think about it. He created us in his image and likeness. We all believe that. Amen? Okay. And what did he do? Well, he went out and cared for people, didn't he? He fed the hungry. He healed the sick. He healed the broken of heart, those who had emotional needs. So we are to do the works of Jesus. And so we can see that and we can say through that that that's why we were created. We were created to do the works of Jesus. And you'll find that in Ephesians 2.10. Um, we have been reborn to new life in baptism for ministry. So when we were baptized... We were given the call. We were, give, we were created in Jesus Christ to do just exactly what we're talking about. You can read uh, 2 Timothy 1 through 9. We have been called and anointed into ministry through the sacrament of confirmation. When we were confirmed, we had a full release of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, right? And our souls, and the Lord then through that gives us a call and his anointing. His anointing isn't always, you know, someone taking holy oil, a priest or a lay person in healing to, to bless you. The anointing is a sense of his presence. The anointing is knowing that he's here. Sometimes in praise and worship, there's an anointing that comes that is so strong that you just know. In your knower, you just know that Jesus is here with you. And it's almost like you can reach out and touch him. Um, that's what we mean by an anointing. And that's what Jesus does for us through the Holy Spirit, through that sacrament of confirmation. And also, we know that he, he does it again and again. It isn't that we receive that one time only, but we know that when we went through, as by New Pentecost, many of us asked for prayer for a full release. Some people call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit or full release of the Holy Spirit within our, within our hearts. Because we can never get enough of the Lord's presence and anointing, can we? Can we? No. All right. Okay. So the, the call that anointed would be in Ephesians 4, 1. Okay, we're on page four now. A life, life-changing truth 
is my primary identity. Now, maybe you've never looked at yourself in this way that we're going to be talking about. Maybe you've had experiences in your life that have spoken against what we're going to talk about here and have made you feel lesser than, have made you feel unimportant, have made you feel unworthy. Whatever it is, because all of us have had something. We haven't lived as long as we've lived without something. And sometimes if you think about it, you know how we oftentimes think or we talk to ourselves, that self-talk business, you know. Oftentimes your self-talk comes out of the negativity that may have been spoken to you or the way you were treated, um, words that you heard that, that, that hurt you. This is telling us, this is telling us how Jesus sees us. This is telling us truth with a capital T because this is all taken from the scriptures. So we are a minister of Jesus Christ. We are. It isn't only the ordained that are the ministers of Jesus Christ. It's the entire body of Christ. That's you, that's me. That's men, that's women. We're all ministers of Jesus Christ. We have been gifted for ministry. So you have gifts. And you probably all could each tell me a gift that you know you have. We all have gifts. And the Lord wants us to experience the joy and the fruit of all of his gifts. All of them. Not just, well, I have this gift and you have that gift. But he wants us to experience some experience them all. Okay, and that's First Peter 4.10. We have been authorized for ministry. Because we belong to him, because we are his children, his sons, his daughters, we have an authorization to, to do this, to minister like he did. We have been commanded for ministry all through the scriptures. Um, Matthew twenty twenty eight says, Even as the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many, even as the Son did it, even as Jesus did it, so are we called to do it. And we have been equipped. We have been equipped for ministry. Now, that's where things like tonight come in. That's where the next four weeks, that's where teachings and seminars, that we are fully equipped, that we are equipped in every way. It's like when you learn a new skill, um, you have, you know, we have to, go to some type of a seminar, read some book, or have somebody teach us so that we're fully equipped, so we know what to do. And so we are equipped, and the Lord wants us to be fully equipped in all the areas of his gift. The body of Christ needs your ministry. I'm sure you all know people, whether they be in your family whether they be in the parish, whether they be in some organization that you belong to, whether it be through the church or, or um, you know, through the world, through your social connections. You all know people who are hurting, people who perhaps are doubting in their faith, people who are angry with the Lord but are afraid to say they are. Um, all kinds of people, people that have been hurt either by um, some type of abuse or, or, or through the, the cutting edge of words. Um, so the body of Christ needs ministry. 
We all know that, don't we? And sometimes we say, well, well, you know, the priest will take care of that, or, you know, this person will take care of that. Or, but no, we're all meant to take care of that. Because people hear different ways, and they hear through different people. You might not be able to get the message for the way I'm saying it, but you might really catch it just like that if Father Dale says it, or vice versa. Or maybe you might say it to a son or a daughter. I'm sure many of you have experienced this. I know I have. Somebody else comes. Somebody else comes that they just met, but it's closer to their age and more on peer level. They say the same thing, and guess what? They got it. You might have been saying it for years. They didn't get it. So how many have had that experience? Anybody out there? There you go. All right. So that's why it's important, guys, that we all do it. Because we don't know who we're going to touch. We don't know the difference it's, it's going to make. You know, we don't know. You might say, oh, well, they come from a family that, you know, they're really, you know, great Catholics and they really know the Lord. You know, and that's all could be true, but that doesn't mean they hear from them. Doesn't mean that. So if we're all ready and able, one of us ought to get to them. Okay, and then um, I'm accountable for my ministry. What that means is that we, as we serve, we there is an accountability. You know, if we're called to do something, and then, um, you know, we we tell whoever it is we're, we're, we're ministering with or whoever it is that, that that particular ministry comes under, how it's going or what we may need or, or what, who, what we're involved in. We don't share. There's a high level of confidentiality in things, particularly when it comes to healing. So we don't give, you know, facts and names and so forth. But we can be, we can be vague but still share with a person we're accountable to um, what we need to do to help this person or what or do you have any ideas things that i could bring to this person and those are things you know we'll get more involved in and i will be rewarded for my ministry you know the lord's um the lord's generosity cannot be outdone no matter how much we do for him or how much we do in his name he comes right back and brings us blessings and brings us rewards that we never expected and makes us feel so good and so happy that, that we were able to do it. Okay. Page five, the procedure for ministry. Okay, step one is we dedicate ourselves. We, we dedicate our body. Romans 12.1 tells us about that. Okay. We eliminate competing distractions. That's really hard today. There's a lot of competing distractions. You take your iPhone, for instance, or your smartphone. That's a competing distraction, isn't it? I mean, how often during the day do we check those messages? Do we check, do we check Facebook? Do we, you know, do we check it all? There was something on TV this morning about parents are saying their kids are so addicted and how they check it, like, three times in an hour throughout the day. That's an example of a competing distraction. It could be um, some uh, television, you know, watching TV. And while, you know, I really haven't prayed today, but gosh, I really like that Chicago Med Show. I'm going to watch that. And so that could be a competing distraction, you know, choosing to 
to watch something on TV that you watch every week instead of taking time to pray. Or, or so-and-so mentioned to me that, uh, that she, he or she were having some difficulties. I really should call them, maybe pray with them, but I don't really feel like it. And I want to do this. I'm going to bed early tonight. You know, all those things. That's what's meant by competing distractions. So we try to eliminate them. Will we eliminate them all? I've been trying to do this for a lot of years now, guys, and haven't eliminated them all yet. But it is better. It is better. So you do the best you can. And everybody knows what their distractions are, you know. And, um, and we should have other interests, and we should do different things. Because um, the Lord wants that too. But if it's coming, if it's competing with what you do in the name of the Lord, if it's competing with your prayer time, you know, if it's competing with gathering with the body of Christ, then that's not a good thing. Then that's a competing distraction. Okay? Um, and step three would be to evaluate my strengths. Where do I feel like that I have a strength in? What, what do I feel? Okay, I think I can do that. You know, see, see what they are. Um, you know, look into your own heart. Look into your own experiences and see where you feel. You know, you've been able to do well with this or that, you know, and, and see what those strengths are, your own personal strength. Um, step four is to cooperate with other leaders, with people who, and for us here, it, it would be, um, it would be Father Dale as pastor. It would be me in the areas of evangelization and the healing ministry. It would be other members of the staff and so forth in, in their particular areas and their expertise. So we cooperate with them, you know. We, we, we try to work in harmony with one another because unity is very important. It's really important for us to, to see ourselves and to communicate with one another and to treat one another and speak about one another as one body, as the body of Christ, where there's no competition among us, where there's no jealousies, where there's no resentments, you know. That's all about unity. And none of these things can happen if we're not in union with the Lord and in union with one another, and in particularly in ministry with those who are praying for you each day and overseeing the ministries. Um, Romans 12.5 says, So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Um, every, so every member is a minister in Christ's body, all of us sitting here and standing here. Every member has a different function, and every member's ministry is important. Every member belongs to the others. So we are all together in this. And then step five is I release my gifts through service. Now basically, releasing the gifts is doing whatever that gift is calling for. You know, it's, it's nice to know a lot about it, but if we don't do it, it's kind of like the Nike slogan, just do it. So we step out and we do it. We step out and, and pray, you know, with, with someone, <clears throat> family or, or a parishioner. Um, we step out, you know, and, and do the things that we're studying about or that the Lord has called us to. Um, so God is working in each of our lives. He has created us for a life of good works. And he has designed us before the world began. You are his workmanship. 
Or to say it another way, you are his masterpiece. And that's in Psalm 139, 14. Okay, ministry is defined by several factors. And again, this is the serve. I remember S is spiritual gifts. E is to engage the heart. Because this isn't just something we do physically, but but they're heart ministries. They're, there's, there's the working of the heart, the feeling of the heart, the vulnerability of the heart. And R is a relationship centered in Christ. So it's not a Lone Ranger experience. God created us for his body, the whole church. And that means in baptism, we are joined to Christ and his body, the church relationships and our relationships in Christ. And through that, we focus on cultivating the servant's heart, honoring one another, and maintaining unity and peace. Maintaining unity and peace. So, in closing, the, if you want to fill this in on page 7, the is, stands for vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. And through our vulnerability, we learn to recognize his impressions and then we yield to them. Now, just real quickly, an example of that would be, you might say, well, what does that mean? Recognize his impressions. So let's say, let's say, for instance, tonight we sang those beautiful songs. And then that last song is really a beauty, isn't it? About, you know, going kissing the mercy feet. But let's say while, you're, while you were singing that, you thought to yourself, you know, Everybody here wants, the Lord wants everybody here to know that he really loves them and is waiting for them to come to him. So that's an impression. That's what you mean by an impression of the Holy Spirit. Because before we start the praise and worship, the assumption is that you're going to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? Let me know what you want to tell us. So then when you're singing this song, this thought comes to your mind. And so... When the song ends, and we're here together as a body of Christ, you might say to everyone here, um, I really feel like the Lord, as we were worshiping him through the songs, I really feel like he wants us all to know that he's waiting for us to come to the mercy seat, that he's waiting for us to kiss his feet, the feet of mercy. That would be a prophetic gift. That would be something that the Lord would be telling you, that you would respond to that impression, impression of the, of the Holy Spirit's laying on your heart, and you would speak that out. Another example is, let's say you're worshiping the Lord, or we're here together, and you get a picture in your mind. Some people would call it a vision. And you see the ocean, and you see the waves rolling in. And you feel like, you feel like, along with those waves, it's like those waves rolling in are just like the Lord's love is rolling upon each of us into our hearts. Just like those waves are coming, you know, and changing, changing the surface of the sand and so forth. That's what his love is doing for us now. So you might say, you know, when we were here... I got the impression that I saw this, like, you know, the ocean and the surf rolling into the beach. And I think that that was a sign of just how the Lord's love is coming upon us and rolling over us. 
So that would be another way of prophesying, another prophetic word that you got through what you saw through your vision. There's many more, and we're going to talk about this extensively, but I didn't, I thought it would be, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to avoid just giving you some examples so you have something to apply it to. And then um, E is the experiences that shape our life. And those can be painful, they can be spiritual, or they can be educational. So this is the beginning of our, of our learning more about the spiritual gifts. The, the serve model is one way to discern how the Lord wants to use you um, to serve his purposes here in the parish, but not only in the parish, in your homes, your families, and, um, and in the workplace. So I thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your attention. It was fun sharing this with you tonight. Um, we're going to take a few minutes now. I'm just going to say a short prayer for you all to talk in your uh, small groups at the tables. And just, you know, whatever you thought about, what you heard tonight, particularly focus on the serve model. I think that would be an easy way to, to discuss. Okay? So, Lord, we do thank you. We thank you for what you've brought to us this evening. We thank you that you are here with us, that you are present. And you are always present in the praises of your people. You are present through your word. And we bless you and thank you for that, Jesus. Lord, I ask that, that you would write the messages that each individual here needs to hear upon their heart. And that they learn more as they share with one another, discuss with one another. And that you use this, this night and the four weeks ahead uh, to really draw us all closer to you and understanding of what we were actually created to do in your name. Amen and amen. And don't forget, guys, there's water. If you're thirsty, where'd the water go? Oh, in the back. Okay, <laughs> it was there before. There's water back there if you want to have something to drink while you're discussing. Thank you.